All right. We're back with another version of the lawyer to writer to published author journey and figuring it out and making that transition. And we want to talk about the existential kind of identity. What does it all mean? Can I do this? Those kind of mental roadblocks that you will surely come against even after you've signed up for your classes and you have your writing group as big or as small as it is, you will still continue. And I think Christy now has two published books. I have a book deal. It never, it doesn't, doesn't stop this existential crisis of what am I doing with my life as, <laughs> as a writer. Christy, you had talked last time about Stephen Pressfield and, and how he gets into what to do when you're not sure if you're a writer or you're not sure if it's a worthwhile thing to pursue. What did you take away from that book? What I remember being so impressed by was he had, I just felt so seen, mm. so nailed by him and the voices in my head that were like, why are you a writer? Not only that, I my my first two books I wrote, or was it three? The first three books I wrote that didn't, that were not published were novels. And then I took a totally left turn and started writing a memoir. I don't think it matters what genre you're writing in. You, if you have a voice that's loud and negative and resistance, then you'll find a way to like eke yourself, you know, it's yourself. Yes. And I was like, who wants to read about Christy Tate? Everybody wants to read about Celine Dion, you yeah. know, um, or <laughs> yeah. someone super famous. And Prince Harry. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Oh, anyway. Jesus. Green um, lights. Holy cow. Uh, green yeah. lights still on the New York Times bestseller list. Not that mm. I check, but oh, yeah. So I, th what I loved about the press field is he was sort of like, look, I see you artists have this. There's a journey. I mean, one, one thing I will say, like a sort of a footnote, you have to find the right books for you, right? Because yes. Stephen Pressfield, he's a white cis male they really trade on the joseph campbell the yes. hero's journey and that can be very ostracizing to bipoc writers or people who just can't tune into that so it's only one way it's yeah. just one way to do it so i just would give that caveat but just to to understand that resistance was part of the art making process made me feel like okay I just visualized myself on a motorcycle and I had a sidecar and I let my resistance and my fear and my doubt come along because you're coming, whether I want you to or not. Yeah. Just you sit mm -hmm. in the sidecar and we're going to we're going to go off into the sunset. And it really helped me find in myself my commitment to myself and to the work, which did not mean for me quitting my job. It did not mean yeah. that until mm -hmm. well later in the game. But yeah. I did get to commit and you alluded to this too, Corinne, like, when I started calling myself a writer, a lawyer and a writer, yes. I'm a lawyer, yes. well, it starts out as I'm a lawyer, I, yep. I have a blog, I'm a lawyer, <laughs> and sometimes I write. And then it became I'm a lawyer and a writer. And now I'm a writer. And I don't know what to do with the law thing. But that's yeah. another topic. But I don't think we'll ever lose it. You can't it is part of your identity. A, a lot of of people we've talked to say that the progression of how they self-identify and at what point am I even allowed as a lawyer to say the writer part? Like, yeah. do I have to be published? No. Well, no. Or do I just, no. as you said, maybe have just made the commitment? Yeah. But even if you've made the commitment inside and you read this book and you're like, I'm, we're doing this. To then say it out loud is a whole nother thing, right? Totally. I mean, because then a person goes, first of all, if you are a lawyer, this is the truth, right? It's a very, 
acceptable, maybe a respected thing to say. If someone asks you what you do and you say you're a lawyer, they know you're smart. Yeah, yeah. They know you work hard. There's a lot that goes along with that identity that is very highly regarded yes. in our society, right? Yeah. You say you're a writer. I can just imagine there's just like, or like, well, what do you write? Like, and what are you going to say? Even you, Christy, like, you're going to be like, Actually, I have a New York Times bestseller and I was a Reese Witherspoon. I mean, you could be like, yeah. but that also would be kind of weird. So you're just <laughs> left with like, I'm a writer. And then would you have to prove yourself? Do you have to explain that you're like, I mean, the whole thing is way more fraught. And it's just kind of easier to just go, I'm a lawyer. I think there's a very gendered component to this. Yeah. When I was letting go of law as my career, as my, my career as a lawyer, when I was letting that go, I was like, I could, I got to where I could articulate, I don't want people to see me and me say I'm a writer and they think I don't do anything all day. Yes. You know, like, oh my gosh, I, yeah. the horror. I, oh, she's a writer. Like, like, I just didn't want them to think I was like some kind of a, I just had a lot I had to peel back that society yeah. had handed me, you know, yeah. like, do they think I'm a kept woman? Do they think I'm a housewife? Like, all of that was deep inside of me. And it, yeah. it took that much longer to let go of my law job because I felt like, in my household, in my community, in my world, I was gonna, I was giving up status. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, it's so funny, I should, probably should have said this in the last episode, but logistics, I was, at the entire time I was trying to bridge the law to writing, I was the primary breadwinner mm -hmm. in my house. Mm -hmm. And I had a husband and two kids. Mm -hmm. So I could not just quit my job but i also yeah. wasn't very good at doing both and so i would make a lot of money and store it away and quit my job for some period of time i did that several times now it's tricky this is not for everyone but i am very good at leaving things without burning any bridges God. basically ghosting i would ghost the law for a period of time and then like pop back up at a different in-house bank mm -hmm. or pop back up at the first law firm i worked for so i would leave and come back and leave and come back when I fell too desperate or the money was getting low or I just felt like I this might never happen to me. I have to go back to being a lawyer. So I really did jump in and jump out. That is not for everyone, but it's also not it shouldn't be off the table because I, like I said, if I had a husband and two kids and I could figure it out, if you, you know, I'm always a person that says if you want it badly enough, you'll figure out a way. And it did. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of planning. It took a lot of sacrifice. We lived in smaller apartments. We never upgraded because I didn't want to live at my capacity what I was making because I wanted to have that cushion so that I could do something else. And I knew that for a long time. So you can be yeah, unconventional. Like, yeah. In, I'm like, I'm like getting hives. Yeah, like, you would. Like, right. The, it's not like, yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Well, because it's not even just the, I understand you, you have the cardinal Aries mentality that, that already in you that, yes. that it's possible to do that, that that's actually something that's starting, stopping. And then you worked around that with, you know, financially and everything else, because you're like, well, if I'm going to do that, I can't even get past the first, I mean... Yeah. Like the, I started something, I will see it till the end of time yeah. is like, yeah. I, I, even putting aside whether I could, I also, as you know, was the breadwinner and all of that. If I, you're right that you always have a choice, you could have made different choices, but it's, it's, I couldn't, it's, 
the part I can't get past is my own head. Like, yeah. no, well, like see, I started something. Yeah. I have to see it through see, till that, I die. And that's <laughs> a big difference between us because I knew in the end I wanted off. So if I yeah. stepped off, yeah. I didn't yeah, worry or mm-hmm. I didn't know if I could or not. And every single time, let me just also say this, every single time I left a job, I thought I'll never be able to get back yeah. in. I'll never, mm-hmm. no one will ever hire me again. That has never proven true. And as Kate knows, I was just offered the most prestigious, the highest paying, the highest level job I've ever been offered in the law. Yeah, in the law. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. If you have a really good reputation in the law, don't underestimate that. If people like to work with you, clients like to work with you, partners yeah. like to work with you, you really, again, think about it. Know yourself. Know your situation. But it feels so much scarier than it ever was for me. I really did just come back in and come back out. So I knew I wanted off. So I didn't care about stepping off each time. And going back was almost the failure when I would go back to the law. I'd be like, oh, I failed. I got to go back now. And so being there didn't make me feel good. It made me feel bad. So I Mm – and every time I stepped off, I was like, okay, this is the time I'll I'll be able to commit to something else. So I I guess keep your mind really open to how – how you can navigate this transition but also know it's not ever going to be a smooth one it's not ever going to be linear because they're unlike the law and this is a, a real existential obstacle the law has a very very clear path and like yes there's some just, like mm-hmm. you can go to a better law school or a worse law school or you know i'm using air quotes or a better firm or a lesser firm and you can be the star associate or the less you know the so- associate who kind of goes under the radar but really it's all pretty lockstep we can we fool ourselves oh, into yeah. thinking there's such great nuance among you know the scaddens versus kelly dry whatever it is like (laughs) you think there's a big difference when you're in it and there's really not but Mm -hmm. there's a very clear path three years of law school the bar exam summer you know the summer associateship like it's a track and there is no writer track and that is both liberating and scary as hell for everyone more scary for some people but it is truly scary for everyone yeah i actively hate that part of it today like yes right now i would think so i Mm -hmm. i don't i i very consciously picked law because i was great at being a student i was super lost and i didn't imagine i'd ever have a partner so i needed to go make some money and I had applied to social work school and law school and I picked law because I'm like, what's a single woman going to do as a social worker? Like, I'll never pay back my loans. Like, I'll, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. So I went to law school knowing I didn't ever love it, but it would get me where I want to go, where I need to go if I'm going to support mm-hmm. myself. So and I, I did love the track whenever you yes, <laughs> started talking about it. Corinne, I just felt my yes. heart just all like, like warm sunshine. Like, yeah, yes, yes, like so true. you, you put your head down and you work, work, work and t- plenty of unfair, unfair, yeah. like misogynist, white supremacist, terrible things happen in law firms. But I knew I could, I knew I could stomach all of that and succeed. And I did with writing. I still have no idea 
I have, yeah. I have no idea. No, there I have is no some, idea, and it there, scares me. Yeah, with every yeah. step, there's uh, so much uncertainty. And to your point, you, Christy, you're like among the the top of the top echelon mm-hmm. of published authors. A Reese Witherspoon pick, a New York Times bestseller, multiple books out there, and there's still no path for you. There's no, and there's no security in the way that there is yeah. with the law, which is a huge safety net. If you just keep working, you never get fired. You never get like, right. you know, yes. if, yeah. if you just keep doing it, really, you can just keep going. You might not be, you know, the rainmaker, but you can be part. I mean, I have worked at plenty of law firms where there are partners that were just hanging around. Listen, <laughs> law firms, no, seriously, yeah. but hanging around or just working. Law firms yes. love a workhorse. Yes. They will work. And you're absolutely right. People think, oh, well, the person's a partner. I'm like, that person is just a workhorse. Yeah. There are people who will just stick around and make it that far by the sheer yeah. ability to just Time work passes. and take it and take it. Yeah. <laughs> Time right? passes. But they'll just... They'll just do what they're told yeah. and they'll do it well and time goes on and they're just still there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're talking about all these things on the last episode of the things that attributes that lawyers have that would be well suited for the law. But I was thinking, and now we're kind of hitting on them. Yes. What are the things that are going to be a hindrance or something you'll need to deal with? And this is one of them. It's like- Oh, there's so many. You're, you, there's so <laughs> many things that like you chose this identity in part because you like certain things like security and safety and obvious metrics yes. to hit. And a lot of that is just thrown out the window if you want to pursue a career in writing. And maybe that's why there are a lot of authors that we talked to that dual track it for a long time or maybe there are still some that continue to and not just lawyers you know we have a lot of authors that dual track they aren't but we are all lawyers so we're talking specifically about lawyers but yes but yeah Yeah. but even those i think for them too this identity issue is still like a tough one too like when do i give up the other identity in favor of this one yeah and we think that it's about money i think that a lot of people think, well, I can't afford mm-hmm. to just quit the law yeah. to be a writer. And that is, I think, true in a lot of instances, but it also might be a little bit of an excuse. Yeah. Or, or a lack really of imagination. Ab- it's yeah. not necessarily an excuse, but it's not easy. You can't, there's no, no. like, oh, option B is follow this path. Yeah. It's really, it takes excessive imagination because there is no clear path to follow so yeah but yeah imagination but also the ability or i don't know to 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 say to disassociate from that identity that's been yours for so long so even if you could imagine it and you could afford it you also just have to go okay well that's now i'm this yeah and i feel like that is well i don't think you have to do that to start the disassociating from the identity is the hardest part and i also don't think i ever will i don't think i will i was at an event last night last night and i when someone said what do you do i said i was a lawyer i didn't want to have i didn't want to have a a, frankly 
to me, I, to it's an easy way to end all conversation. Like, I don't want to go down that road. I want to talk about, like, what are you doing? Like, or did you watch a show right, today? Right. Like, I, I don't want to talk about mm -hmm. what anybody does for a living personally. So I just like to end the conversation with that. And then, like, I can say, oh, I'm a lawyer. What do you do? And then we talked about something more interesting after that. So I got it. But, but I don't I will never disassociate from that part of who I am because it really is a part of who I am. And I caution people around doing that. There is a tipping point when you will know you can claim it. Mm. But there, it's, to be honest, and maybe this is a weird word, it's not safe to tell people. People will come at you. Like, what oh, is that? What are you 100%, doing? 100%. Like, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think I'm, I held that very, very close to me yeah. for a very long time. And I just, even when I said I was leaving the law, I would almost always, I, I never once told anyone I was pursuing writing in any Right. Capacity. Well, that makes sense yeah. though. But I guess like, so... There's the question of when you identify within yourself yeah. versus what you tell externally. So like, Christy, did you yourself have a moment where you were willing to see your identity differently, even if, as Corinne's saying, you didn't say that out loud because that comes with a whole bunch of judgment and other shit. Sure, sure. I do remember when I started my most recent law job, as I said, was in the government. I was at a government agency and I had had some pieces published, some essays published, I, well, my blog might have still been active. I wasn't active in it, but it was still findable on the yeah. internet. And I went mm -hmm. to my my organization's Christmas party. So I had been, I guess it was a holiday party. I had been there since September. So now it's December. And this guy I'd never seen came up and sat next to me. And he was like, so, so you write? And I was like, Oh my God. It was like, call, like as if out. he said like, yeah. you do drugs and you're a swinger. And yeah. I was like, right. I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, I Googled you when they announced you were coming to join us, the agency. I Googled you and I found your work. And I was like, okay. And I felt yeah, I felt like a, a whole host of things. Yeah. But one of them was like, it was kind of a relief, relief to just like kind of have it out there. And this conversation is reminding me, there's a really great writer. His name's Matt Bell. Mm. He has a craft book called Refuse to Be Done. Yes. And it's like once you've got drafts of novels or whatever. But one, I heard him on a podcast say something so profound. He's a creative writing teacher. And he always tells his students by the end of the first week of the class, ha give your book a name and we're going to save your save your document not as book draft one yeah give it a name mm -hmm. give it a title and this whole semester we're going to call your book by your book title because it's oh, a way for the that. students to begin to like own it and yeah. um it's and i just heard him say this like three weeks ago and i started saving my files and telling people the name of my new book and I'm thinking if there's something similar that happens around writer, right? Yeah, like, yes. Of course, like we're, we're talking, we're, we're both careers are all about language and precision and right, the yeah. right words. It's like, until I could sort of once that my colleague who I didn't know, and now he's a good friend, and we're in a writing group together. Um, once he broke the seal, I started to be able to hold the two identities in a more public facing way. And I also realized, well, if he googled me, anyone at the agency could have googled me i'm not saying they did but they yeah. could have and so what's what's the height who is the hiding for and what does it serve yeah. and has it outlived its usefulness mm. oh I, those are good questions good. 
I, now you're making me think too. Yeah. Sorry, my first book that the one we're talking about, I, the title, the working title was The Dream. So maybe I shouldn't have called it the dream (laughs) because it's like not a reality. It's just like, because that it was just my dream and the dream had nothing to do with the book. Oh, I thought that was the title. That was just what you called the document. Oh my gosh. That's the working (gasps) title because it was my dream, but that had nothing to do with the book. Uh, So it was maybe me just telling myself that this is like a dream. Like, I don't know. That could be like a pipe dream. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it was just called the dream because it was my dream. I definitely... I'm st- clearly still struggling and and maybe I don't know if it's a struggle as much as like I take my cues from my context. When I am mm-hmm. at an author event, I never tell him yesterday I'm not a lawyer. I never say that. I mm-hmm. I pay attention to who I'm speaking to. And if I feel it's okay to say I'm a writer or how they know me on the podcast or as just as a lawyer, that is how I respond. And I think when I started to take on the identity was when I started to take on, this is why classes were big for me, because I was present in a room and all I was was a writer. Nobody cared about what I did, how I got here from, you know, on the train rushing from my law office. So I got to spend time in that identity without even... Not that I didn't name it. I, I, I probably did there, but it was, I just was spending time in the identity as opposed to like just saying to someone yeah, at, at a right. dinner party, like I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. That time spent like that. was how I earned it, I think. Help, and, and helps you own it more, yeah. again, at least for yourself. I like that. Yeah. What else, Kate? I feel like, did we get to your question already or we did? You emailed um, yeah, yes. I, okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, no, it was I when we thought about doing this, my whole thing was about the identity part yeah. because I feel like there's yes, been okay. we were on a real string for a while, I felt like, of authors, lawyers turned authors to the point where we would joke like are these the only people we're gonna interview? And it, it yeah. wasn't. It was just it was just a bunch of them in a row and so we had always, there was a question we would always ask about it. And I do think the most interesting answers were for some of these authors was about identity and when they could call themselves that. And I think like... Jillian McAllister. Uh, Der- Jillian McAllister said yeah. that someone's, that somebody asking them, yeah. are you a writer or are you a lawyer? Oh. And that when the question was put to them... It was, first of all, panic-inducing, as clearly it is for all of us. Like, oh, shit, I don't know. And I remember Jillian was like, I answered. And she worked in big law, but in the UK, but the equivalent. And was like, I'm a writer. She realized in that moment that that's what the the identity she wanted to claim. Yes. And I do think that even that that alone is a that moment she described was really significant for her. Because it was like, what is she claiming for herself and I thought that was really interesting so the people that would talk to us about that really resonated Emily Giffen also took a completely different she did more of the jumping but she didn't have to jump back in like I did she figured out the money she's like I need this Mm -hmm. amount of money work this amount of years Mm -hmm. to pay off my loans and then she just jumped and moved to London and wrote full-time yeah. she did write a YA novel oh, that's right. we worked at the while, same law firm mm-hmm. while writing she did write a YA a novel lawyer. while 
being an associate while doing doc review, as she says, for GE. <laughs> and she's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. But then you're right. Then did then quit and just went to be a full-time writer, which is a bold move yeah. because she's an Aries, even though she says she's not yeah. an Aries. And they tell why too, sort of what what pushed them, yes. you know, what made them make the jump in addition to just when they could call themselves that. And and you're right, some of them just quit right away. Mary Atkins says she knew the very first day, yes. at, literally. And she yeah. also was at like Cravath or one of yes, these. Yes, Cravath. Know, no, yeah. Kimberly McCrae was Cravath, but oh, like okay, yeah. super prestigious. Yeah. Like the went got to the pinnacle of what, you know, the, the dream job, if you will. Right. And literally on day two was like, what am I doing? Yeah. How did I get here? Yeah. Like I, but I said that is almost seems more refreshing to me to just kind of know right away. I'm not saying then it wasn't, and she admits it, so it wasn't, it's not like she could just quit. Yeah. I mean, but at least she didn't really get that far down the road or wasn't that conflicted. She knew she had to get out. The question was just how. Yeah. But, you know, that's also scary. If you know that clo- right out of the gate, you've just put in a lot of time and a lot of money. And so it's terrifying in a different way to have that realization so soon. But then there are others, yeah, who dual tracked it, who tried to do that on the side. You know, so yeah. if if you go through a lot of those interviews, you're right. Everyone, you know, Emily Giffen says it was just the misery was so great. Yes. That's the tipping point, right? So she just hated it so much <laughs> that it just became, I, I had to, I, I had to stop. So basically. let's talk like about when that. You're misery. That is the yeah. perfect segue into the next topic I want to talk about, which is creativity. And for me, my the biggest problem was my creativity was completely stifled by the misery that I felt being in mm-hmm. the wrong profession. And I loved the people yeah. I worked with and I was really good at the work I did. I just felt some deep soul misery. I was out of alignment with what I should be doing. And, and it actually was worse that I was really good at it because it made it harder to want to step away from it. But it was, I just knew like deep down fundamentally it was killing me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you completely. I was very, very, in my my most recent job, I didn't exactly soar in big law at all. I was way too ambivalent and lost in the shuffle and just couldn't, in the same way I couldn't really take in being a writer for many years hopefully I'm getting closer but I remember standing like my first time I was gonna I could tell we were gonna be pulling an all-nighter and I'd been a lawyer for like two weeks or no two months at that point and I was like am I a lawyer am I really a lawyer like there's a there I had a sense of disbelief about that too you know I could just Mm -hmm. I have for being a writer, I don't have a great imagination when it comes to my own future and my own potential. So I'm sort of like, I can't believe I'm a lawyer. This is crazy. You know, <laughs> never mind. I'm like, that on you the did payroll. all the work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But one of the things I was thinking is, you know, I remember, should I stay in my job? Like, l- let me just be very clear. I was able to quit my law job because my husband has a job that is, that is, lucrative enough for me to to even contemplate this so I that's a huge swath of privilege that I just feel like it's only fair to say that yes and but Christy being... but don't but you might have figured it out some other way even if you didn't but yes you that was I, the I, path you were on <laughs> yeah, yeah I do I hope that that's true too. I believe it. and but I have an enormous safety net in my spouse's income And when I was trying to decide, I'd be like, give me a sign, give me a sign. And I'd go to work and I'd win the award for the most briefs in my region. I'd written the most briefs in my region. I was the top three brief writer out of an office of 
80 or 100 lawyers at any given time. It's like, well, that's not the sign. That's a sign to stay. Right. I'm a rock star. I'm a rock star. And I only have to use this so much of my brain, zero of my soul. Yes. And I can just ride <laughs> off into the sunset. And security, which I'd been seeking my whole life, mm-hmm. security was like I was sitting in the catbird seat of security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I seriously going to be like, no, I'd like to make a, I'd like to make a living in a very <laughs> precarious industry using just my imagination let's go yeah so i can't yeah. i still can't believe i stopped working in march of 2021 yeah and i still can't believe like and on some days when i'm like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do what do i do what do i do like i i i was addicted in many ways to the achievement file a brief get a yes. star file a brief get a star it takes up a couple years to write a book and so the gold stars are not forthcoming on no. a monthly basis. No. Neither are the checks, or by the way. ever, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, yeah. you right. did get gold stars, but you might not. Yeah. I mean, totally, totally. So all yeah. of that, like, w- this is not exactly, this is like when I'm having an existential crisis, it's like we got everyone off to school. My husband's gone off on his conference call. And I'm like, what's my life? I tell myself an hour of reading, an hour of writing, and an hour of movement. I just start oh, there because I, like I just that. need some kind of like bedrock to keep me tethered to some sense of structure. Yeah. And nor I very mm-hmm. rarely follow that precisely, you know, because of life. But that's just something it's it's not easy to have all the structure just pulled away. It's a luxury and I'm so grateful. And also I've had to like build fake fake structures yeah, to get me through the day. Okay, yeah. but let's mm-hmm. not downplay that. I do the same oh. thing. Those quote-unquote fake structures, by the way, are not really any more or less fake than the law structure. Like, what is that? <laughs> right? Who, That's yeah. true. I'm sorry, is that That's true. God? Is that handed down from what? It's, it's all made up. So, yes, it is really important. If you want to have a success, successful transition from law to writing, whatever, even if it's not a full transition to introduce it into your life, you have to introduce the idea of uncertainty. But on a basic level, you also have to build your own structures. Like there isn't uncertainty. You pretend that there isn't because you build in. Like, is this going to be done today? And that's the same thing with the word count. Did I hit my word count? Did I hit my time commitment today? And then you can assess. And I constantly build in, Kate knows this, constantly build in goals for myself ones i can control mostly and then of course some dreams that i hope to achieve but things that i can say at six months did i get this done Uh, you know at the at the midway point of the year and i give myself a gold star that's the only difference but i can't live without those structures i can't (laughs) yeah i thought you were gonna say about that i thought you were gonna say i can't live without those gold stars i was gonna be like same girl same (laughs) well that's what i mean that's what i mean the the structures in which i can give myself gold stars yes i will also say too that in some ways when I'm struggling, if I'm in a dark place around the writing and the balance of my life, one of the things I borrowed from the 12 step recovery world, which I'm involved in, is one of one goal I incorporate in is have I helped a writer today? Have oh. I have I because wherever if if anybody who's listening to this, there's a writer coming behind you, you yeah. are not you're not at step zero. And somebody is somebody coming behind you is or yeah. you know, something they don't know. Yeah. And I always just think like, if I can 
give service and get out of my own ego and my own head about like, who am I? What's my work? What's my legacy or whatever BS I have going on for the day? It's like, there's some there's a writer out there who is suffering. And I'm I might have I might have a, a small piece to help them get unstuck, even if I can't unstuck myself. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. I you guys are helping me here. I, I love I, I it. Mean, you realize, I mean, did I make it clear to the people listening that I've not transitioned at all? I am actually <laughs> still in big loss. Yeah. Well, you have, I didn't no, that's say not true. That you've clearly. written enough. You've written more I know. than one novel. I'm just saying. So you have transitioned. People, I'm still stuck in the in the actual Oh um, no. No, no, no. World. No, no. Okay. No. See, Karen, you have successfully you. transitioned, but you don't have to be one or the other ever. Oh, this so is good. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't have you've integrated writing into your life successfully. So I don't think you can say that. Also, yeah. you run a pot, you co-host a I podcast. I was going to say this. writing like that's yes. yeah. enormous. That's, that's enormous. Yeah. Yeah, that part does feel very <laughs> integrating of things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And another way in which I don't want to say to scratch that itch, but it's true that it's still taps into the creativity yeah. and the reading and the writing yes. just in a different way which is what was my first question what how do you tap into your creativity this is huge i mean i'm already answering i mean this this podcast has been the hugest way for me to do that and and though the writing writing alone and writing with you corinne that that of course was also another example this one adds sort of another layer though of talking with creatives it's not just creating something which it is the podcast but it's also which i'm an extrovert i love talking to people i love i'm very curious i love to learn about other people so this adds this like i don't even know if it's creativity but it's just another layer that it fills the really, well really speaks to me it yeah, fills the 100%. well yeah and that yeah, is what we're, i think we're so. always looking for is ways to do that mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah Christy, how about you? I would say that I have had to work. I've had to focus a bit on creativity that's outside of writing because sometimes writing is so fraught. Mm. And so I don't know. It's just not I don't feel freedom all the time in writing because because Mm. it's now my job. It's now what I do. So it's Mm -hmm. lost some of the like the the pixie dust of being a side hustle. It's not my mistress. Now it's my wife. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, the old ball and chain. (laughs) So cultivating other forms of creativity and some of it is I've done so I've I heard someone say I can't remember who it is talk about cooking as a creative maybe it's Elizabeth Gilbert cooking oh. as a way to be creative I I hate cooking yeah, yeah. Oh. and so any way in which I can engage with that I, I can see the creative potential there oh, totally. so that's one yeah. or weeding the garden like I still don't know what any flowers are called if it's not a hydrangea or a tulip I don't know what I'm looking at <laughs> but digging in the dirt and 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 using my body. I heard recently, this is a little off topic, but if you're stuck creatively, either like writer's block, if you believe in that, or just just a repulsion to your art, use and your art is mostly with your head and your hands, go do something with your body. Yes. And if you're stuck, if you're stuck with a body thing, then go use your head and, or whatever. Oh, so I'm trying to like imagine ways of using my body and then um, also just like rearranging things like rearranging my bookshelves that feels like a creative act like what do I want what do I want my physical space to look like yeah. um, 
Yeah, you're, that, you're actually uh, using your imagination. Like, I'm going to take down yes. all these books or take down all these things. What will it look like when I'm done? And they have to know that to place them there. That's so interesting. But I love how you look. These are This is sort of a broader look at creativity. And I like that because then... I feel like I can say that I'm, I wouldn't have thought of cooking that way. I love to cook. And I, I say that's why I don't bake because baking is too regimented and I have to, and yeah. and I love cooking because I like just to be creative about it. But I wouldn't have said I'm engaged in a creative exercise, but now I'm going to, I feel better about that. Yes. I have other creative outlets. Look at that. Yeah. And creativity begets creativity, right? Yeah. So cook, mm-hmm. so spend a week cooking yourself dinner after work if you're a lawyer who's working all hours whatever time it is that you eat or breakfast if you get in late because some partners get in late and so you get in late right spend some time making yourself breakfast or or you know whatever it is do something else creative and when you establish that as a pattern and your brain like wants that catnip again then you will be able to turn to the computer don't think of it as this is the other thing with lawyers and and your time as Kate was saying, don't be so wed to this idea of writing as your only form of creativity. Use something yeah. else to help get you there. And then that will, and it's not a waste of time. It's actually, in fact, going to make your time writing that much more important and rich and abundant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I will say I did a little foray. I was like, I'm going to take piano lessons. And I committed in the fall to piano lessons for six months. And it was so hard. And I was so, I had, I couldn't see any incremental progress. I just couldn't. <laughs> and I quit. And so <laughs> one of the things, one of the things I realized was like, oh, you know how there's this idea, like anyone can write, if everyone's got one book inside them. I do not have a sonata inside me. I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, there's mm-hmm. no yeah. sonata in here. Yeah. And it helped me understand like, I have gravitated most likely to the right art form for me. If I was meant to be a sculptor, I would have discovered it in these 49 and a half years. If I was meant to be a painter or a cellist or a pianist, it would have come to me by now. And so while it was on on some levels, I would call my piano career a failure, (laughs) but, but, or it was not a success in terms of piano, but it, it illuminated for me like, oh, okay, I'm actually... I'm better at writing. I want to do writing. I get better at writing because I've, I, I get I, the give and take of getting better and feeling better mm. is much more in balance. And so I'm probably walking in the right direction. I love yeah. that. And you know that because you tried some other things. Yeah. Yes. Creative things too. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I love wow. that. Wow. She's walking in the right direction. I love that. Any other final notes on kind of the existential identity crisis that is law? And I think the main takeaway is folk know, first of all, you have to know yourself and also know what some things are just implicit in being a lawyer, being professional, knowing discipline, deadlines, knowing how to work hard. If you went to law school and passed the bar exam, you forget it. You don't even need to investigate anything. You can do certain things. Use those things to your advantage in a different realm. And don't worry that it contradicts what a lot of writers say. You know, don't pay attention to word count. Don't pay attention to your the time you put in. Just use it because that's what you have at your disposal. And then, yes, later you might have to discard that. Be willing to 
unknow what you know, but until you get there, use what you know. It's a, it would be yeah. silly not to. Not to. Yeah. I would say and one more thing. Don't wait till you're ready. Oh, sorry. I was I'm say, sorry. So you Kate. think you're qualified or ready or yeah. just don't wait. Just, just yes. try. Yeah. yeah. Don't oh, wait yeah. till you're ready or you think, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not. I can't. No, just give it a whirl. Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree to what we said earlier, which is there's not a lot of creativity in the law and that I didn't practice any law where there was a lot of creativity at all. But when I really got serious about writing and I my job was I was I was in a government agency and I just was supposed to write six briefs a month and file them. There was a lot of I don't want to say cutting and pasting, but there was a lot of cutting and pasting. Mm -hmm. The law was always the yeah. same. But at some point I was like, OK, this is I owe this job 40 hours a week. OK, so how can I harmonize this? And one of the things I did was I started understanding I was telling this is going to sound so dumb. Kate's going to like you were a litigator and you just thought of that. But like I was telling a story like I really, really got into it. Oh, like boy. I, I yeah. worked in the area of disability. And so I would mm -hmm. I would get these get these files. I would read thousands of pages of medical notes and be like, this is a man who lives in southern Indiana with fibromyalgia yeah. and stage five cancer and emphysema. How can I tell his story? And I understood myself as a lawyer to fully be a storyteller. Yeah. Like a hundred, yeah. like there was no. That's my, that's the best part of being and, a litigator. Yeah, it that, is. When I really, the story. then, then when, when there was less of a schism inside of me, I think I felt more integrated and could bring more of myself to yeah. both jobs. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I love that. Integrating our various parts. Yes. That's what we're all doing, right? Yes. Okay. I think that's, oh, we can't not talk about the two or Bird by Bird and Lamott. Oh, yeah. Bird by Bird. It talks mm. about breaking it down. Also, is it the same one that talks about shitty first drafts too? Yeah. My gosh, yes, there's so much so. in that one. Oh, also a good yes. creativity one is Big Magic. By yes, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh, Elizabeth Big Gilbert. Big Magic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just love that book. I loved Writing Down to the Bones by oh. Natalie Goldberg. That's another one that I feel like doesn't get as much play. I as... feel like you guys might have to write these all down yeah. and I might have to Show notes, baby. Show yes. Notes. I just feel like <laughs> yes. this is yeah, like so Corinne, people can have the resource. Yeah. You introduced me to Natalie Goldberg and then I read all of her nonfiction books and they're all just such a gift to a writer absolutely yes yes agreed wait what oh yeah okay no i was gonna say liz Gold gilbert she writes she wrote something else nonfiction. oh it was eat pray love <laughs> yeah i'm like <laughs> i'm like what was that other thing besides big magic oh yeah this was such a great conversation i feel like we might come back i mean we could talk forever about this topic and and the struggles and also the joys and also the ways that you already have a leg up. This is the other thing about Stephen Pressfield going pro, turning pro. He has another book that he took out of the art of the war of art, art of war. Which one is it? One is anyway. Art of war, right? That about turning professional. That is something yeah. you already you already have a leg up on so many people that are trying to write mm -hmm. because you know how to conduct yourself like a professional does you know how to write an email to a, a an agent you'll get the content but you just know how to do these things there's so much about being a lawyer it's not a surprise that there are so many lawyers turned writers because you there's a lot baked in that's that's gonna work for you there's transferable totally. skills that's for sure yeah 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 
So so go forth and try. Go forth and there we come go. to us with other questions. We can always do follow-ups, but this was an absolute delight because our, our paths are not all the same. They're in fact different in many ways, but there are, from that, you can glean the kind of universal takeaways. And thank you, Christy Yay. Tate. Very much. Thank you, guys. I just mm-hmm. love you. You guys keep me company on so many walks and so <laughs> many bus rides. It's just... You guys are a complete treasure. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you.